this Friday of the second week of Advent, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, What comparison can I find for this generation? It is like children shouting to each other as they sit in the marketplace. We played the pipes for you, and you then dance. We sang dirges, and you then be mourners. For Sean came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he is possessed. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet, wisdom is justified by her deeds. The Gospel of the Lord. The best thing we can do to start this Friday is to listen to the Word of God with our heart, so to speak. I would even advise you to listen to or read the Gospel and turn off the audio to pray on your own, and only then listen to the commentary. It's a good idea for you to ask yourself first, what does today's text say? What does it mean, specifically? What can I draw from it for myself? After you do that, you might ask yourself, What does it tell me? What does it say to me today? And finally, what do I say to God, to my Father, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, and to Mary? That's praying, seeking to listen deeply and to be more committed in our prayer. This is something we shouldn't forget so that when we listen to the word of God, we don't end up just saying, what the priest said today was nice, while in the end we didn't listen to what Jesus had to say to each one of us. Our words can be forgotten, but Jesus' words will always remain. You may hardly remember the words of priests, perhaps occasionally you will remember a good phrase, a sermon that touched your heart. But what you never forget is the word of God that goes deeply into your heart and stays there forever. Every day I'm more persuaded that the words of priests come and go, and little is remembered of what we can say. The only thing that remains that everyone remembers and that can make many people change is the word that God says to each one of us in our hearts. Today, let's do what is called Lectio Divina, an ancient practice that teaches us how to read, meditate, and live the Word of God. We pray through reading the Word of God to try to make the Word a part of us. It's arduous and difficult, but it's what really changes us. It's what bears lasting fruit. Let's try. What does the Word of God say today? I mean... What does it mean specifically, beyond possible interpretations? To begin with, Jesus speaks to the crowd, to everyone, but he refers to this generation. When the Gospels mention the term generation, they are not referring to a generation in the sense of a group of people who are born and live around the same time or place. Instead, the term refers to a way of being and a manner of behaving. 
So this generation would be the people who are just like Jesus describes them. They are people who behave like that. Translated, it could be something like this. To whom can I compare people who behave like this? Those who are never content with anything. People who don't dance when they have to dance and don't cry when they have to cry. Therefore, this expression of Jesus doesn't only apply to the people of that time, but to everyone who behaves like that. In short, we can be that generation. Jesus puts forward two extreme examples. In the first example, he mentions those who are invited to dance and don't, and those who should cry and don't. And in the second, he contrasts what was said about John the Baptist, that he was crazy because he was so austere to what was said about Jesus himself, that he was a glutton and a friend of sinners. In short, Jesus criticizes them for not being content with anything, with neither of the two in each example. They don't know how to find the signs of God either in John the Baptist or in Jesus. Put simply and briefly, that's what the text says. If we begin by trying to figure out what the text says, this helps us avoid rambling on and talking in cycles. Many times we blather on because we don't let the word of God tell us what it actually means, even if it's obvious. We take a phrase out of context or put an idea of ours into the word of God and we force it to say what we are thinking. This happens more often than you may think. Now, there's another very important step to prayer. What does the Word of God say to us? What does it say to me? Obviously, that's fundamentally personal, but when I comment on the Gospel, that's what I try to contribute every day with examples and questions, in order to help, not to determine. In fact, it's what all priests try to do in every sermon, in every homily. We should help by giving clues about what the Word tells us, but they are only clues. Everyone has to make their own path. And finally, we can move in the opposite direction. What can I say to Him? Perhaps our attitude towards the things of God may be similar to that of those men who were sitting in the marketplace and expressing their discontent with either one thing or the other. What do we expect? Do we expect God to speak to us only through the things we want, or do we let Him speak to us the way He wants? God can speak as He pleases. He is God. He can speak through a man like John the Baptist in the midst of austerity, and He can speak through someone who eats and drinks with sinners. That's what we should think about personally. What do you expect of God? Shouldn't you rather let God be the way He wants to be? These questions can help us answer our own queries and discover that the Word of God is not empty, abstract talk, that the Word of God really touches our way of being, of thinking and of feeling. What do you say to your father today? What comes out of your heart? What would you like to tell him? May we have a good day, and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever. <laughs>